Hello and welcome to the Hippocampus podcast, a place where we discuss the strategies that help optimise learning. So join us for some grassroots conversations where we share some practical tips and insights that might just make your learning journey a little easier. Pharmacology and prescribing is a really important subject for medical students and many healthcare professionals. Yet often it can be really tricky to know how to tackle it and learn those long lists of drugs and all those various side effects. So in this episode we were joined by Ria Sony, who trained as a pharmacist and now is a current third year medical student. Given her experiences of uh, training as a pharmacist and working in the NHS and, and now obviously studying as a, as a medical student, she was able to share a really unique perspective and insight on how to approach learning pharmacology. Uh, not just in the preclinical phase, but also what you can do to keep expanding that knowledge and understanding when you're out on your clinical placements. Welcome back, everyone, and hello. How is everybody? Hello. Hiya. Hi. Good, good. It's lovely to see you all uh, and hear you all, of course. Um, So today we're very excited to have a special guest that's joining us today, and that is Ria Sony. Um, Ria, would you like to briefly share with us and our listeners your journey from pharmacist to medic? Yeah, of course. So hi, guys. Um, So if I go back to A-levels or even when I was in year 10, um, medicine was always at the forefront when I was thinking about my career choices and I didn't really think about anything else. Um, And then we fast forward to results day and unfortunately I didn't get the grades I wanted and it was even more, I guess, heartbreaking because I was one year mess off. So I was really shocked and really upset and if I'm completely honest with you I didn't really uh, I guess prepare to be in this position in all honesty Um, so I didn't get my um, my backup option so my medicine places were the ones that I were rely was I was relying on and so I was just really overwhelmed and took a place through clearing and for pharmacy and I think after studying for four years and then that year that pre-reg training year The fact that I still wanted medicine after five years of studying, I thought, okay, this is what I wanted and this is the path for me. And I think being a graduate as well, a lot of your friends will say, are you sure you want to study for another five years? And you're just like, I want this. I know that if I continued as a pharmacist, yes, it's a really rewarding career path and, you know, it's enjoyable, but I knew that medicine would just always be in the back of my head. How long did you work then as as a pharmacist before you applied for medicine? Um, So actually with me, I did a a pre-reg training year. And in that pre-reg, that was straight after. um, So with pharmacy, you do four years of studying and you don't qualify to become a pharmacist. You've got to do a pre-reg training year and then an exam and then you qualify to become a pharmacist. And I did that training year. Then I qualified to become a pharmacist and then I went straight into medicine. But um, in the summer holidays, um, I was doing some shifts um, in community and hospital. Um, I guess last summer I was working um, in hospital. It was really useful, I guess, because I think when you're studying pharmacy or you're studying medicine, nursing or any healthcare profession, I think you're just with pharmacists, nurses, doctors. You don't really get the opportunity to in real life, as you do in real life, to really mingle with other um, professionals. And I think it's a whole new world when you're actually working as a healthcare professional with other healthcare professionals, because you learn to communicate, I guess, with doctors, nurses, physios. And I remember being really scared at first when I had to go up to a doctor and tell them that they prescribed something incorrectly. Um, And I remember being really scared, like they're going to shout at me, they're going to tell me, you know, how can you say this to me? But they were so polite and so grateful that I'd gone to them. 
and you kind of feel really respected that they appreciate your expertise. So just kind of touching on that, because you've worked as a pharmacist, do you think that pharmacology is an important topic in terms of like medics? I think it's extremely important. So when I look at doctors in really plain and basic terms, I think, okay, a doctor diagnoses and then a doctor treats. But then how can a doctor treat a patient if they themselves don't have sufficient knowledge about the drugs that they're essentially putting into the patient's body? You know, how can they sufficiently answer a question about these treatments if they don't have the knowledge themselves? For any medical students that have studied pharmacology, they'll know that um, when you're treating a patient, a one-size-fits-all approach doesn't work when you're treating a condition. I guess two patients with hypertension are going to receive completely different treatments because every patient's different. We know that doses are going to vary with weight. They're going to vary with age. I mean, the body changes um, with age and that all needs to be taken into account when prescribing. And that knowledge all comes through from pharmacology. Individuals are also going to respond really differently to drugs as well. So, you know, I guess you need to understand how each individual is going to respond to different medications so that you can then optimise and tailor your treatments in the best way to suit the patient. I think another topic in pharmacology that causes a lot of stress to medical students are interactions. Yeah. But they're so important. I know and can appreciate that they can be really boring and lengthy to learn, but actually they're the cause of prolonged hospital stays and they can actually cause your patient to be a whole lot worse off than they were when they presented to you in the first place. When I was working as a pharmacist on awards, I would see a drug chart and I'd see at least three or four drug interactions on the chart. And I think <laughs> if I didn't intervene at that time, I didn't get to see that patient and the outcome wouldn't be great. The doctor who was prescribing those medications had a good knowledge base of those interactions and that wouldn't be on the drug chart in the first place. Yeah and I think it's really good that you've mentioned that Ria about having that knowledge base and because it's just a good foundation for you to work off but on on the other hand on the reverse side might be a bit controversial but like with most things in medicine you know when you ask clinical professionals questions about specific mechanisms they don't always remember it. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Um, but we still learn it in a lot of detail in medical school. I mean, I think it goes with all topics and that. So for yeah. example, you know, with anatomy, there might be some aspects of anatomy that you might not hold on to or might not remember so well. But there'll yeah. be a point where you knew that information really well. And I guess when you go into certain fields, you're, I guess you'll kind of retain certain bits of information more so than others. So for example, like I said, if you're an endocrinologist and the diabetes aspects and medications that you went through, you're going to retain. But I guess at this stage, not everyone's, really sure about what pathways they want to go into right but whatever pathway they go into some aspects of pharmacology is going to be important to them yeah I think what you've highlighted there is is something really important speaking to you as like a pharmacist it's so good to hear and it kind of reiterates to anyone out there who's probably struggling to find the motivation to maybe learn the drug drug interactions and stuff it's because it's like we always talk about it's like the end goal isn't it it's about what are we going to be as as a doctor and understanding um, how we're going to treat the patient uh, at the end of the day. It's not just a random table of mechanism of actions and drug-drug interactions as well. So I also wanted to kind of lead on from that in a sense that how would you go about trying to learn some of this sort of content? Like what was your best way? I think a lot of, so first of all, I want to say that I can appreciate that when you go into, when you're learning any sort of pharmacology, it can seem so overwhelming. You know, it's like 50,000 contraindications, interactions, side effects, and any person, whether that's a nurse, a pharmacist, a doctor, any healthcare profession that's approaching pharmacology is going to feel the same way. 
I remember when I was in pharmacy and they started introducing drugs, I'd call my mum up like crying on the phone, like, mum, I can't do this. I'm going, I'm coming home because it, it, mm. it can seem so overwhelming. Yeah. Uh, but I think one thing I took away from my university at, well, when my course, when it was taught and I do feel for medics because first of all, in terms of how pharmacology is taught in terms of medics, I can appreciate that it may feel that a lot of information is being dumped on you. Yeah. But then you, I guess we have to appreciate the fact that as medics, we've got to learn a lot of anatomy and physiology on top of that. Whereas with pharmacists, I guess we have the benefit of being able to take a bit more time in understanding mm-hmm. um, each of the drugs. Going back to um, when I was studying pharmacy, I think first of all, the important things is don't try and learn everything in one go. It can seem that, you know, pharmacology is like not in some people's eyes, not their most favorite module. And so you tend to have a tendency to just leave it towards the end. Yeah. I think that's the worst approach you can take. Whereas if you do a little bit each day, it can make a, um, a huge difference. So I used to tell myself it sounds really bad, but I'd be like a drug a day keeps the resets away. <laughs> but I literally would tell myself, okay, Ria, just do one drug. And I'd recite that drug in the morning and the evening. And then I'd yeah. move on to the next one. And what I used to do, which I found was really useful, is I'd make these little flashcards. And on each flashcard, I'd put the drug, the drug name, indication, the class, mechanism of action, interaction side effects and I'd fit that all onto one card because I think a lot a lot of medical students will fall into the trap of thinking they'll look into BNF chapter and let's just take metformin and you'll see there's like 50 side effects of metformin and in reality I think no one's expecting you to learn those 50 side effects but some medical students can fall into the trap of thinking I need to learn that otherwise you know I'm not going to pass but that's not the case I think you need to just know the main side effects of each of the drug classes and if you can fit that those all of that information onto one card that one flashcard, and then, you know, just carry it around with you if you're on the tube, if you're on the bus, look at one flashcard in the morning, and it becomes more manageable. And it sounds quite silly, but I invented a game in my house. Um, <laughs> so it's a pharmacy game. This actually really helped, and it made it a little fun. So he's, well, if you want to class it, it's fun. So I said, I went to the shop, and I bought amlodipine, and I'd have to say a side effect alongside amlodipine. So I went I to the love shop. that. Yeah. yeah, keep going. Tell us more. Tell us more. Should we play? Should we play now? <laughs> oh no, no, please don't. Yeah. No, I'd lose. I've, I've been just, to the uh... beach. All my knowledge has been gone into let's the sea. Let's see how it works. Uh, I'll give you an overview. So yeah, you know, yeah. I went to the shop and I bought amlodipine, and it caused flushing, um, so side effect. And then the next person, I went to the shop and I bought amlodipine, and it caused flushing. And I bought uh, bisoprolol, and it caused impotence. So you literally have to put a side effect with the drug. And then say, for example, you didn't know that amlodipine caused flushing. You've learned something and then you're remembering it as you go through. And I'm sure you can find a drug that's going to map to one of the letters in the alphabet. I mean, there's still some that I wasn't able to work out and neither were my housemates. But it's a good way, you know, if you're, if you're sitting there and you feel like you've wasted the day, then you can kind of end the day on something like that where you've done a bit of revision and you've learned something. I love that game. I think I'm oh. going to start using that. Yeah, same. Really good I think one. I'm going to force it. So I went to, to the shops, I bought furizamide and I got hypokalemia. <laughs> scaring me. I think we should do this every time we kind of uh, come on the mic. What do you guys reckon? <laughs> no, yeah, maybe. maybe It'll help us learn, yeah. Um, no, that, that's really interesting. Just like drawing on so many of the things you said, I just wanted to kind of take you back into, um, you, know, you know, when you're learning pharmacology, Obviously, you mentioned flashcards and getting everything in one place. Like, I always found that trying to give 
like a drug or uh, yeah, a random name because you know who who who's heard of Candice Artan before? Like it makes no sense, right, to anybody. So I always used to try and give the drugs like a kind of context around this, give it yeah. give it some flesh and stuff, give it something to you know be memorable around. So I feel like you know that game and things like that can really add flavour to something which is otherwise you know very um, bland and not very kind of immersive. Yeah, sure. Because I think like, that's why, you know, I rem- remember someone came up to me when we we'd just finished learning the pharmacology module and they said, oh, you know, I've made a table and I'm just going to just learn it. I-, I said to them, I said, personally, I don't think that's the best way of doing it because you're going to get bored. Yeah. And also, you've got so much information sitting in front of you. You're going to lose kind of confidence in yourself. You're going to think, I can't do this. This is impossible because, yeah. you know, it's it's too much to kind of take in. And actually, I remember when I think back to my pharmacy days, we used to have, obviously, we don't have the pleasure of learning pharmacology over four years, but we used to have in first year, we'd have a test on the top 20 drugs. So we'd have the top 100, the most commonly prescribed drugs, and then you'd be tested on the top 20, then the top 40, then the top 60 in third year, and then finally the top 100 in fourth year. So you kind of built upon it instead of just here are 100 drugs learn them and that's why I thought the and um, that's why for me personally when I made those little flashcards kept them in a pile so they were done and then day by day I'd take say one or two flashcards and really focus on them that helped me through the exam period rather than just taking a table and trying to sit there in the last week like right I'm memorizing this because it's just not possible it highlights as well just the importance of learning as you go through the semester and not leaving yourself a big pile of 100 drugs to start to commit to memory and, and understand and I think as you've highlighted that obviously in pharmacy you've got four years over which to learn a you know a huge list of, of different drugs whereas you know medics we might have a, a slightly smaller list comparatively speaking to learn but in a in a very short space and you know if we can kind of relate what you described in terms of the the blocks of time in which you allocated the top 10 the top 20 top 40 is that you know if you've got a module that runs over 12 weeks each week becomes your first week list of 10 second week another list of 10 third week another list of 10 so you're you're almost kind of mirroring what you've described but applying it to a much tighter time frame the the flashcard technique that you described is something that a guest that we had on a previous episode Ellie Abdul talked about using flashcards for pharmacology and gamifying it a little bit and making it fun that that game you've been describing is is, is doing just that just wanted to add as well the the con putting the context behind the drug rather than just le- learning uh, a list it comes back to to perhaps Nikita's question which was why do we kind of need to to know all the complexities of of the mechanisms behind the drug my my sort of personal thoughts on that are it, it allows you to hang an understanding onto all those adverse side effects and things that you said are obviously so important for for students to understand and that you know if you if you come at an understanding of the mechanism of how a drug works you naturally can understand what the side effects might be of, of that drug i was going to say actually um another i know i kind of made it seem a bit bleak earlier that oh you know um we have a much, as medics we have a much shorter time to learn the drugs but actually you are at a slight advantage in that you've spent the first year learning all of this physiology and i think with pharmacy the way it's taught is you're taught the physiology and the drug alongside one another so you're actually having to grasp a lot of information in one in one go compared to medicine where you've kind of had the advantage of learning all of this physiology and now you're just tying them the two together so i think the way we were taught i found it quite useful actually how at the beginning of a lecture you would have some a recap of the physiology you already know that and now you're just tying the drugs to that physiology so actually when you relate back to 
material you've already learned and then you've tied the two together, it actually makes learning a lot easier. It brings me on to one final technique that I had, learning um, drugs by class. So, you know, drugs within a class are all going to share the same mechanisms of action. So rather than learning 50,000 50, different mechanisms of action, you know, you can group together a good 10, 20 drugs that have the same mechanism of action and you've covered a large volume of work in a shorter space of time. And I think that's the importance of effective learning rather than sitting there and individually looking at different drugs. I was doing that towards the end of lockdown because I was like, I'm really struggling to remember all this. And I was like, oh no, why don't I just group stuff together? Because there's a lot of stuff common. Always group stuff together. And even, it's not even just mechanism of action. Actually, some drugs within the classes share a lot of same side effects. So you've already covered two pointers there in a shorter space of time. You know, when there was a topic where you really know the physiology really well because it just you just clicked in first year or you've got a good understanding of that particular topic when it came to pharmacology it became a lot easier for example like with the arrhythmia stuff I found that a bit more tricky because I knew that I was a bit shaky on the action potentials of the SA node for example whereas like the clotting cascade I was much more comfortable with so I found knowing the drugs a lot easier as well so I think like another good tip is it gives you an opportunity to really you know do well on physiology and then I think pharmacology becomes a lot simpler as well yeah that's true the basic physiology helps because I remember even with a similar thing with blood pressure control like when we were taught it and then you literally just pin the drugs onto each part of that flow chart right so then it just makes it easier to remember the drugs because you know the the way that blood pressure is controlled so so yeah it's definitely important isn't it to have the, the physiology yeah and as we've said as a like recurrent theme the more ways that you can access um a piece of information whether it's through physiology whether it's through like these games and these emotions or whether it's through flashcards and re- repetitive things like you, you're now accessing the same information about drugs through different routes and I think that really does reinforce like retention. Following on from what you said Ria about the way you were taught you know how you said you were taught the physiology alongside the drugs yeah. and then medicine obviously we had the time how did you find that sort of change because I know going into medicine you probably must have felt it must have felt a lot easier in know? all honesty sometimes there's a perception that oh you know you've you've studied all the drugs you've you've, st- you've studied a bit of physiology as well when you go into medicine it doesn't you, you kind of realize that it's not actually as simple as you may have thought in your head a lot of things will stay in your head if you're using the information daily I practice kind of intermittently I haven't been practicing constantly and so a lot of the information actually dissipated out of my head different professions you go into de- you go into different differing levels of detail because I guess that's what makes up the multidisciplinary team right you know everyone's got their different skill sets and so I feel like the level of detail that I went into into pharmacy say with physiology was substantially different to medicine and the level of detail that I went into in terms of the learning about the drugs in pharmacy was substantially different compared to medicine and I think I guess all these professions complement each other because everyone's got different skill sets that then become useful when working as a team. Um, so I did find, I didn't, I did, I did struggle, but like I said, you, you kind of find what works best for you. You find these different techniques. And I think when you start to employ them, things become a lot easier. You know how you're saying it's taught in at different levels of detail. So was it in a lot more detail in terms of the specifics of the drug with pharmacy and then less so in medicine? Yeah. Or... So I guess with, I guess, so both professions obviously need to have a sound understanding of the pharmacology, a sound understanding of, you know, mechanisms of action, because at the end of the day, a doctor's treating. And as I touched on before, how can you treat a patient if you don't know yourself what the drug's doing? But I guess with pharmacy, 
you tend to go a bit more into drug formulations. Uh, you tend to look a bit more into ways in which you can transport a drug, say, into different areas of the body so that they can have their different mechanisms of action. We also t uh, touch a lot more in terms of the laws, prescriptions, so what information should be on a prescription, what should be on a, a label. Touching upon that, I would like to say that for the medics that are going out onto placement, I think it's really important to pick up prescriptions and become familiar with them because at the end of the day, you're going to be writing those prescriptions out and sending them down to the pharmacy. And I think it can be quite irritating, I guess, for pharmacists when things are missed off prescriptions because then you can't dispense them. And just mm. have a little bit of an understanding that there are a lot of laws around, you know, what should be on a prescription, what requirements should be on a label. I think even there's a lot to learn about control drugs and, you know, specific um, aspects that need to be included when prescribing control drugs, because at the end of the day, at some point, you will be prescribing them. So I remember as a pre-reg, the amount of times they'd send me up to the ward and I'd be like um, waiting for a doctor like, um, excuse me, can you please just uh, sign the prescription? I guess it delays the whole process and then the, the patient can't be dis discharged until their medication's brought down. So whilst you're on this topic, Ria, for, for any students who are going into placements now or who are already on a ward or already in a placement, what kind of like real opportunities would you ask them to sort of seek out when they're on the wards as a, as a medical student? Like, What would you encourage them to do to master these things that you, you've said are common pitfalls? Um, so first of all, during my pre-reg, I didn't have anything to do. What I would do is I literally go up to the ward and I just pick up a patient's drug chart and I just look at the drug chart and I see, okay, what do I know on this drug chart? Can I spot any interaction straight away? Is there anything I don't know? And then I'd take a note of that and then I'd go on to open the BNF and just learn a new drug. Or um, it's a good opportunity to test yourself. So it's a good way of revising your pharmacology because you might not always have the opportunity to revise your pharmacology when you're, say, looking at um, the diagnostic aspects of medicine. So this is a good way of just keeping up with the drugs that you have learned. There's thousands of prescriptions available to pick up and just work your way through and like I said, if there is something that you don't know, then don't think that, you know, this is a rare drug. It's never going to come up because I guarantee that somewhere along your practice, you're going to think oh, I should have looked that drug up. It might come up. So um, definitely look up anything that you haven't come across before. And I think another aspect um, or source of information for in terms of medications is the patient information leaflet. So when you have the medication, if you just pull out that patient information leaflet, it has it, um, it has you know a bit about the drug interaction, side effects in a really um, easy format to understand because it's aimed at it's aimed towards the patient. I found that as a good way um, to pick up kind of the language that you want to be using when you're counselling a patient about medications as well. I also think it's not a bad idea at all to ask for a day or two just to shadow a pharmacist and see what they can they do in the same way you could ask to shadow a nurse or a physio one day because you can just appreciate how important their roles are in the MDT and it also allows you to gauge an understanding of what your colleagues are doing so that maybe in the future you'll know when you may need to call upon their expertise for example when say treating a patient and your flashcards that you may take them with you on the ward that's a good way of you to utilize them this is something for, say, pre-clinical pre students. So when I was preparing for my exams, um, so I live with my grandma, and if you go into a room, she's basically got a pharmacy in her room. She's on, like, you know, a good 20 different medications. And my dad would literally be like, go into a room. You can learn everything you need to learn there. So <laughs> I go into a room. I pick up her, her medications. I pick up her prescriptions. And I know what condition she has. So then I try and relate the medications to her condition. And I'm sure that everyone has someone, a member of their family who is on 
a few medications, who's got a condition, and you can try and relate back with the knowledge that you've learned. Why are they on this medication? Is there anything that, you know, that any counselling points that you need to think of? And you can just practice counselling your family members as well, because at some point, patients are going to ask you questions about their medications and you want to be in the right or that you want to have the right terminology to be able to speak to them and give this them this information in an easy to understand way so I think definitely don't waste the opportunities that you have on the ward and that you have at home there's an opportunity everywhere to learn pharmacology basically you mentioned right at the beginning obviously when you worked as a pharmacist uh, how you would frequently see when you were reviewing drug charts drugs that are being prescribed by uh, junior doctors usually that would often have in, uh, interactions with them and you'd, you'd have to kind of follow up and, and get them removed or changed. Apart from that, then what, what sort of other common errors did you often come across or issues with the prescribing? Oh, I have a long list, but I'll try and, I'll try and keep to a few. So um, <laughs> antibiotics were a big problem in that simple things like putting a stop date um, on the prescription. And what that means is that nurses would be giving the, the patient the drug um, or the, the antibiotic for a longer than necessary period of time. Um, so course length wasn't specified and nor was a, a stop date put on. Um, a lot of the times antibiotics were prescribed that weren't, weren't first line according to the hospital's formulary. I think that's a point where you should always query as to why that's been prescribed. Now, in some cases, there may be a valid reason. But in, other, in most cases, you know, that should be queried and the antibiotics should be changed according to the hospital's formulary. When I was a medical student, I didn't, I didn't know about this, this thing. And then when I started working as a junior doctor and I, I came across it on the trust's intranet, it, it was such a helpful document with kind of the guidelines for treating certain conditions and what were the, you know, the recommended antibiotics or uh, certain medications to use for treating patients that came in under that trust. And mm. perhaps that's a, something else that's a really good go-to resource if students can act, clinical students can access that when they're on the, on the wards as well. I'm really glad you mentioned that actually, because I remember in my pre-registration training year, I'd be reading through those documents because they're really, they give you a step-by-step guidance on, as you said, on what to prescribe and how to treat and manage these patients. And it's a great way of revising um, a lot of the material that you've learned and looking at how hospitals in real life go about treating patients. So definitely that's another um, great place to look when you want to revise some pharmacology. Another thing that I feel that um, I saw a lot was, as I mentioned before, it's really important when dosing to look at the patient's weight with a lot of drugs. And there'd be your low molecular weight heparins, particularly in paracetamol. Um, these two drugs are really important that they're dosed according to the patient's weight. And a lot of the times, if a patient were, say, below 50 kilograms, you'd need to alter the dose of these drugs. And that was not done. So these patients would be receiving higher doses than what's required for their, their weight. And you'd want to quickly run there and quickly change that um, and make sure that the patient hasn't taken anything. And these are mistakes that were made quite commonly. So you, that reiterates the importance of medics having a good sound knowledge of pharmacology. Also, um, small things like not dosing at the correct time. So when you're dosing for a patient, you really want to think about the patient themselves as well. So if we take diuretics, for example, um, I saw a lot of the times that diuretics would be dosed close to bedtime. And that would mean that the patient would be getting up throughout the night, you know, needing to go to the toilet. And you want to think about your poor patient. They're in hospital. They're already not feeling their best. So you want to think about what's best for them. This is great, you know, all of this advice. Like, we're just about to go into the wards and say, like, I've, I've got a list of all the stuff I'm going to do. Just yeah, yeah. kind of reminds me, like, is there any pharmacy led teaching that happens in hospitals to doctors, or does that not happen? I, 
if I'm honest with you, there actually is. So I remember when I was a pre-reg, there would be, um, I think we get a bit more information when we go into the wards and I think it differs with each hospital, but I remember there would be doctor led teaching round. So you, I remember every Wednesday afternoon, we'd go to this lecture theater. And I remember that the pharmacists um, would be doing some teaching sessions as well. When you get to the hospital, familiarize yourself with the teaching that's available. I think it's aimed mainly at the FY1 and FY2s, but they don't mind if medical students, pre-registration pharmacists, pharmacists, nurses, anyone comes along because it's all important and useful information. And if you are interested, I know that within the pharmacy department, every two weeks, a pharmacist um, does a presentation on different aspects of pharmacology. So it could be your neurodrugs, it could be your endocrinology drugs. I'm sure the pharmacy department wouldn't mind if you came down and just sat in on one of those presentations. Obviously, they're the ones that are dealing with these patients and looking at these drug charts every day. So they'll have common problems that they've come across on the wards. I actually, I just remembered actually one other important problem that I came across a lot of times is uh, it's a lot of paracetamol containing preparations. Um, so there'll be paracetamol prescribed on the chart, but then there'd also be another paracetamol containing preparation, like cocodamol, for example, and those would be prescribed concomitantly and that patient's then getting an overdose of paracetamol. So it's little things like that. I think you have to have like a, a watchful eye to see what, what's going on in the drug chart. And as I said, if you've got a sound pharma, pharmacology knowledge and it can go a long way, yeah, just as a like a sort of a side note, Ria, I had a specific question about the application of calculations in practice, because sometimes we learn these calculations in like, and I'd be thinking, do we actually use these in real sort of medicine, you know, like half-life or whatever? Um, I'm sure half-lives are really important. I haven't come across it just yet, but I know for things like creatinine clearance, that's really important. And that calculation and even with fluids a lot of the calculations that say so you're doing towards um how many milliliters um of uh, or liters of fluid that a patient should be taking according to their weight that's all really important and a lot of the times i remember doing i'll be honest with you i'm quite rusty and that's something i you kind of reminded me okay i need to brush up on my calculation skills but i do remember i can assure you i do remember many times the pharmacist just scribbling on a piece of paper in the corner um calculating um different uh, doing these different calculations and as I said a lot of um, doses are based upon weight um, and so you know you're going to have to calculate doses according to patients weight um, so you I can assure you all the calculations are important and whilst they may not seem as important now I'm sure when you get onto the clinical when you get onto your clinical years and you get into kind of the real world medicine you'll see that okay that calculation is important or yeah. that drug was really important that I learned. Just thinking back to um, when I was a foundation year one doctor, um, it was in my first rotation. Uh, it was on the vascular um, ward at the Royal. And uh, there were certain drugs that couldn't be administered by the nurses um, and had to be administered by the doctor, despite said doctor, junior doctor, having had no prior experience of uh, ever giving that drug. Um, and I, I remember the having to, to, to look at, so I had to draw up the, the, the a drug from a vial into a certain volume of fluid to give a certain percentage of concentration. And it was, it was all that, it was all calculations. And it was the most terrifying thing I've ever done because I, my brain just wasn't used to having to calculate things very often because more often than not, we write something on the drug chart, which is just, you know, a number of milligrams or whatever that are in a single tablet or a couple of tablets. And that that's kind of our job done in terms of the prescribing, you know, but when it comes to, to the calculation side often that does fall a lot to the nurses when they're working out you know the rate of delivery for, for the intravenous fluids or 
drawing up a, a, a drug for, for for delivery, but there are some drugs that will fall to you and they will fall to you as a foundation year doctor. You know, even now it uh, <laughs> or, or creates palpitations, just the, the fear of, of, of making sure I've done that right. I think, I think I'm going to prepare myself for the next yeah. to work on my times tables. And <laughs> it's the, it's the conversions. It's it the, 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 you know, yeah. the, the millimoles to moles to yeah. it, that. My head goes yeah. a bit. Yeah, exactly. I'll just work on that for the next three years. And I think... Even... Wanting me since year 10 or something, whenever this was introduced, <laughs> yeah. first introduced to me. I still remember that day, you know, when, when they tell you that there's milligrams and micrograms and I'm just like... Oh gosh, oh, gosh. And it, it, just, it just keeps nabbing away at you for the rest yeah. of your life, doesn't it? And also when it's multi-step as well, you know, it's a multi-step calculation. Like the exam that we just had, there was one multi-step one. I was there for like literally I, just trying thing, to get the question. The is, I never came into medicine thinking I'd need to know that much math. I know it's not that much, <laughs> but you know, it, it, it puts it into context how important it is because you don't yeah. want to get that dose yeah. incorrect because at the end of the day, it's the patient li- patient's life that's in your hand as well. Mm-hmm. So. And it's not even that difficult, is it, compared to like, you know, what we used to, if you did A-level maths or something like that, it was very theoretical. This is kind of just dividing and timesing the yeah, ratios. With, with, a, with a patient at the end of it, but yeah. With a patient, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If your calculation's wrong, the consequences are far greater yeah. than a big red cross on your paper. Exactly. <laughs> with a pre-registration exam, half the paper's made up. So you've got your um, multiple choice, um, ex- it's the medic- medicine-based paper, and then you've got the... A calculation paper and that makes up a whole half and obviously if you're not able to pass that then you don't become a pharmacist yeah. and I just remember yeah I really feel for you like I feel for myself I have to go through it again but um, <laughs> <laughs> I remember just sit, sitting there like yeah I can't do this but it, it, it clicks at one point it will click and then you're just like yeah you can do them like the back of your hand but even drug names sorry you know how you we have a conversation with medics and we're throwing the names across the room just like like pros almost like but it takes much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally but it just it takes time doesn't it it can't happen instantly with anything so yeah so yeah yeah I think you've really enlightened us all Ria and I'm sure that we really appreciate like all the advice you've given like pre-clinical even how to make the most of it and making pharmacology exciting and relevant and I think you've given us all the tips all the words of wisdom that we needed as well so like just thank you for that we will appreciate thank you so much and what we'll do now is we're going to come to the final part of our show, which is the recommendations. So Ria, would you like to tell us what you're going to recommend to us? Yeah, sure. So I've got two recommendations. So when I spoke about the flashcards earlier on in the podcast, and um, something that really helped me to just gauge what's really important and what I really need to know was this book called The Top 100 Drugs um, by Andrew Hutchings. And um, it basically has um, each page is dedicated to one drug and it has just all the important information. Like I said, medics fall into that trap of thinking I need to know every single side effect, every single interaction. But you don't. You just need to know the main important ones for that drug class um, and main important ones for certain drugs. And that really helped me to make my flashcards um, and then I could keep them um, to the side and then just utilize them throughout the year. So that was a really nice, like succinct kind of book that I could um, refer to and um, my second recommendation is a youtuber um, and she's called serena speaks um, and what she does is i know that the bnf can seem really daunting it's a massive book and you know you're thinking how am i going to be familiar with every single page in this book but what she does is she's a, she does these little summaries of each of the bnf chapters and she picks up the important points about particular drugs um, and the important side effects interactions that you know you should have a sound knowledge on 
And I used to, when I was driving to uh, my pre- pre-reg in hospital, I just used to play it in the car. And, you know, something or the other is going to go into your head. Something or the other um, will stick into your head. And uh, it's, aimed at, um, it's, it's aimed at the pre-registration year training, but she mentions it's for nurses, doctors, um, you know, any profession that has to um, have a good sound knowledge of pharmacology. So it's useful for any of those professions. And I really enjoyed just listening to those podcasts and something or the other just stuck into my head. So um, I recommend her YouTube channel as well. Thank you, Maria. They sound like really, really awesome um, resources. And what we'll do is we're going to provide a link for all of those recommendations in the show notes. So that brings us to the end of the episode. We would just like to extend a huge thanks to Ria for joining us and sharing her insights and tips. So thank you, Ria. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to you, our listeners, for joining us as well. So goodbye for now, everyone. (laughs) And don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a review and give us a follow on Instagram at the Hippocampus Podcast or Twitter at Hippocampus underscore pod.